I'm so glad that you're here joining us today. We have a, a really exciting show for you planned. We have three extraordinary women, and uh, they're either in the military or have been or are serving in some interesting fashion. And I know you're going to be really happy to be part of this uh, meet and greet. Uh, we are we are welcoming uh, initially Dawn Halfaker, and uh, she's a uh, captain retired from the the army and doing some really interesting things with Wounded Warrior Project. And uh, later in the show, we're going to have Technical Sergeant Stacy Hines, and then we have uh, you know Stacy. I mean, so we have uh, Christina Healy. We'll be joining Stacy shortly thereafter. So uh, thank you so much for uh, being part of our show, uh, Dawn. Uh, I'm just uh, really happy to have you here today. Uh, I understand that uh, you served in uh, Iraqi Freedom. You want to share a little bit about the, your story and, and uh, what sort of brought you from there to where you are here? Sure. Um, well, I was a, a lieutenant in the military. Uh, I was in the Army. I was a military police officer. And um, I had uh, been stationed at Fort Stewart, Georgia. And um, we got orders that we were going to deploy, and uh, our departure date was um, February 2004. So um, got to, to Kuwait and then uh, moved up into Iraq. And uh, my platoon, I was a platoon leader at the time, we were um, basically doing a lot of military police duties, um, everything from uh, reconnaissance missions, um, patrols. Um, we had a, a prison that we ran um, at, at the police station we were at. We did a lot of uh, training of the Iraqi police. Um, we, we just had a, a, a lot of different missions that we did. And um, on one of those missions, I was uh, in the lead vehicle, and we uh, came around a corner. It was about 03 in the morning, and um, on a routine patrol mission, and, and uh, my Humvee and, and our, our patrol was ambushed. Mm-hmm. And one wow. of the... One of the um, rocket-propelled grenades came through the, the front of my Humvee and just um, kind of went right through my shoulder and um, injured an, another individual in the vehicle and, and injured myself very seriously. Um, so I, I ended up um, getting medevac uh, loaded up into a Blackhawk and medevac over to one of the combat support hospitals that was nearby. And really, the the last thing I remember um, from Iraq was was being going up in the air and uh, the feeling of being loaded into a helicopter. And um, woke up a couple weeks later at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington D.C. Um, from a coma and just kind of um, started to put put the pieces um, back together of, of what had happened and you know learned that I had sustained some some really serious injuries and. Um, one of those, you know, life-changing um, events when, when I woke up and, and learned that I was missing my right arm and, um, you know, really my career w- was probably over at that point. So, Oh, my gosh. That, that must have been such a, a harrowing uh, experience, uh, certainly but prior to your injury and then sort of just waking up and, and, and realizing that, that everything was going to be different from that day forward. Wow. What, what was it? What was it like? Uh, you know, prior to to that 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 horrible injury. I mean, there. I mean, did you uh, find that uh, the missions that you were doing were they really uh, rewarding and uplifting? Was it everything that you trained for at, at West Point, or, or was it was it something that was maybe different than what you thought it was going to be? Um, well, I think that that I was really excited to be over there. Um, I, I, I had a great platoon. I really enjoyed. Um, having the privilege of leading soldiers in combat. 
Um, it, it was a really neat experience as well working with the Iraqi police. Um, you know, it was a very interesting time over in Iraq uh, back in 2004 when, um, you know, I guess the, the, the coalition forces had just taken Baghdad and now, you know, we, we were really looking at, um, we were under the coalition uh, provisional authority looking at kind of reestablishing um, law and order and, and um, some of the other functions that go along with that such as the police and security forces. And so um, as they were um, really looking to, to rebuild the police force, um, you know, it, it was a it was an amazing time to be a part of that mission. And so we did a lot of training with the Iraqis. We did some joint missions with them. Um, so that experience was just it, it was amazing. And then, like I said, leading leading my own troops um, mm-hmm. was was uh, was was really cool. But the one thing that I didn't really you know expect or or know kind of how to handle was really the the, the combat. I mean, there's just you know when the bullets are actually flying at you, it, it really just kind of changes. Um, uh, the it's a kind of a game changer. So um, that part was was difficult, and then certainly you know re- realizing very quickly that you know we're we're not invincible, um, and you know un- unfortunately seeing some um, some pretty harrowing things um, was difficult. But you know uh, I think it the whole experience really I think made me the person that I am today in, in many ways, and um, you know I'm very thankful for the opportunity, and, and certainly don't have any regrets. Um, with my deployment or, or my service in the military. Wow, you know, it, it's just uh, so interesting to know that, that, you know, certainly you're contributing now in, in, in so many amazing ways, but, but even there, and you, you must have been so young as a, as a lieutenant, you must have been in, uh, just freshly out of school and you were almost, and you were over there uh, serving and helping people and really making an impact there. Did, did you have a lot of uh, men and women reporting to you, or were you uh, sort of alone in, in uh, being a woman in a command position? Um, I had about 32 soldiers in my platoon, and um, I think four of us were female, um, so the rest were male. So we, we did have a, a few women, and, um, and they were they were fantastic um, they were all fantastic soldiers. In fact, uh, I always tell this story because it's it's really interesting, and and people oftentimes ask, you know, oh, what what's it like being a woman over there, or or you know, they're very surprised when they hear that women are you know doing um, kind of combat related missions and roles over there. And uh, one of my female soldiers, she's um, she was a gunner, and uh, the there was a special forces team that were doing some operations um, in and around our, our police station that we were we were at, and. Uh, they said, "Well, we need we need your best gunner on mm-hmm. on our 50 cal, uh, one of the big machine guns." Yeah. And so, uh, lo and behold, uh, Private Rose, um, she was really kind of the, the best that we had, and she was available to join the mission. And so it was funny because you know they they certainly weren't expecting a female, but once <laughs> they got out there with her, they you know they wanted her. They were asking for her every time. So wow. it was really uh, really interesting. That, that is interesting because we have all these preconceived uh, notions about uh, a, a lot of things in life, and, and certainly about uh, about women and in the service, and and really, you know, just in all roles that that we play there. And uh, that's great that you were able to sort of empower her and, and feel that that contribution you made. You know, I want to go back now to the, the the harder part of your your mission, which was uh, when when you when you came home, and uh, you had to. Uh, suffer through that that recovery kind of process. Uh, can you share a little bit about uh, you know what it was like when you first woke up? Were you like in a, in a room by yourself, or were you surrounded with some of the same service members that that you were with alongside in in, in Iraq? 
Um, well, I, I definitely remember waking up and kind of coming to, and, you know, it, it was really foggy, though, because I was on, you know, just a lot of medication and, and um, you know, I, but I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how I got there. Um, I did recognize, I, I was in the intensive care unit, like I said, at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, and um, mm-hmm. my parents were in the room uh, with with a doctor as well, and I think probably a couple of nurses, but um, I, I remember seeing my parents first. I saw my dad's face was, I think, the first thing I remember, um, and I think I had really come to and, and woken up uh, Thinking, I was still um, in in the moment after they they pulled me out of the Humvee and I was laying in the dirt and they were starting to work on me and so it was kind of a struggle. Um, I remember you know thinking uh, that I, I was worried about my right side because I couldn't move or feel my arm and um, so I woke up you know saying oh don't cut my arm off I'm going to be okay and so um, my dad you know calmed me down and and he looked at me and I just remember the look on his face uh, and and I knew something was wrong but he he said well they already you know they already had to take your arm and and the doctors worked really hard you know they've been working hard to save your life and so I remember looking over and seeing this like white bandage um, kind of on my like around where my shoulder used to be and it it just really hit me right then I I just couldn't believe it and I just kind of you know I I realized that a lot a lot had changed um, just in that moment so um, that was really Waking up was was definitely um, an interesting experience, and um, it, you know, I, I, at first I thought my parents were in Iraq, which was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> when I tell the story, sometimes it's, you know, I, I always wonder how they got they got over there, and that was really one of the confusing things. But then they said, "Do you know where you are?" I said, "Iraq," and then they said, "No, you, you know, you're in Washington D.C." And I thought, well, you know, Washington D.C. doesn't sound so bad. But then, <laughs> you know, obviously had to had to learn, you know, about all the things that had happened. So. Wow. Of course, now now that you've worked in Washington D.C., I'm a, I'm a former uh, uh, military contractor from D.C. Maybe you might not say that Washington D.C. is not so bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, definitely uh, don't necessarily have the same sentiments. Um, yeah, I've been been here for the last few years, and uh, certainly the weather is nothing to um, to get excited about, but. Yeah, a lot going on here. That's for sure. That's absolutely true. Gosh, well, you know, had you ever um, in your service when you were in Iraq, had you ever lost any uh, in any of your um, soldiers, or did you ever send anyone home wounded? And and now you were sort of there. Did that that kind of bring back that experience for you at all, or, or was that something you were completely separated from until you were right there? Well, I, to be honest, I, I I felt a little separated. I we did get, have some soldiers that had gotten injured in a couple firefights, but you know they were they were sent over to uh, Launchtool Germany, and they were actually able to return back to to the unit and come back to Iraq once they you know their their wounds were healed and all that. Um, and we we unfortunately did lose a couple people in my company, uh, none fortunately in my platoon. But the the first you know uh, real serious injuries were. My Myself and my squad leader, who both got injured um, on the mission, and um, so we were really the first people that had to go all the way back to the states. Um, and uh, and then I was, you know, really lucky that uh, I was able to actually meet my platoon uh, when they came back from their tour. They they did a year long tour there, um, and when they came back, I actually flew down to to Georgia and was there on the runway when they all came off the plane. And so. Fortunately, all my soldiers did make it back, um, well, that's which is you know, a really good feeling for me. 
Wow. You know, so this was a, a very uh, harrowing and yet new experience, and yet you were surrounded by uh, the people that, that you helped raise and, and support, and they were there to support you. And uh, Don, we have to uh, start uh, working towards a segue for a break here, but just real quick, I, I want to um, ask you, did, did you get involved in the Wounded Warrior Project right away, or was that something that came about later? You know, I did. I got involved fairly early, and, and I'll tell you that it's, you know, because the organization engages you right away. And by that I mean um, I learned about the organization when I was still in the hospital. And um, I remember one of the things that's very kind of discomforting and um, disarming is the fact that when, when you come out of a coma or when you end up at Walter Reed, you don't have anything there that that's, that's really yours. I mean, I, I had... Um, I was in a hospital gown, and that's really all I had. I, you know, mm-hmm. and to be a soldier with all your equipment and all your stuff, and and to all of a sudden wake up in a hospital gown and, and have nothing, you know, that it's just a horrible feeling. And um, so WWP, um, they delivered a, a backpack to my room one day, and it had kind of all these um, different items inside, some clothes, um, uh, just different things that that you would need, uh, you know, sort of general daily living type items and so anyway they uh they showed up and uh, right away um i remember pulling out the backpack and, and being pretty excited to get something like that but then quickly realizing uh i don't really wear men's underwear so uh, <laughs> that was that was kind of how i got involved they said well will you help us design you know a female backpack because they were you know they were all former marines the yes. guys that started this and wow. uh and, and i said oh i'd love to so that's how i got involved actually Wow. Over, over underwear. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how the, the little delicate things in life can uh, move us to great things? Uh, we're going to take a break, Don, and, and I hope that you'll, uh, uh, everybody listening will, will stay um, part of this and, and maybe even call in on the break at 646-652-2071. And you can talk with Don just like me. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Technologist Incorporated is an American engineering and management consulting company specializing in post-conflict and post-disaster reconstruction of roads, schools, hospitals, industrial development, and core infrastructure building like power supply, clean water, and communication. Our team of over 1,000 specialists are mobilized on more than 50 projects in remote environments globally and fully supported by technologist offices in Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Washington, D.C., and soon Haiti. Technologist Incorporated's record of excellence, providing assistance in some of the world's most difficult environments, is made possible by the brave men and women in our employ, many of whom served in our armed forces. We are proud to be an American company supporting our heroes in the service and encourage you to join us in our mission to be a positive post-conflict force. Technologist Incorporated, building strong foundations. Hi, this is Chris Hillenberg of Hear Women Tell on Hear Women Talk Radio. You can hear us every Wednesday between 3 and 4. Please join us where we get the story behind the story as we talk to professional storytellers. Have you always wanted a reading by a famous psychic detective or medical intuitive? I'm Annette, hostess of Annette Martin's Psychic World, where you can call in or go to our chat room to get a free reading on my radio show. Our expert guests will be talking about ways to help you in your life. So give us a call and ask a question. Please join us every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Annette Martin's Psychic World.
Join the party and live it up in Shag City, live Fridays, 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Eastern. A call-in talk and music radio show dedicated to the shagging lifestyle, hosted by me, Paul Love, Broadcasting live from the heart of the shag capital of the world, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Shag City is a one-of-a-kind radio show featuring the best in the grand strength shag, dance, and music scene. Here you'll find the latest cool shag news, tunes, and announcements, along with guest appearances from the greatest shaggers of our time. You can listen to Shag City live Fridays at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Eastern here on the Zeus Radio Network for hearwomentalk.com. Shag City, it's crazy, baby. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio and the Zeus Radio Network. This is the Jody Lynn Smith Show special event, and uh, we are uh, broadcasting live from Hear Women Talk and the Zeus Radio Network. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, we've, we've been privileged to be uh, joined by Captain Dawn Halfaker. Uh, she served in uh, Iraqi Freedom and has come back and, and uh, been a, a real model and uh, example to look up to in her recovery process. And uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, a little bit with uh, Captain Halfaker about her experience. And welcome back, Dawn. Thanks so much for uh, being with us today. Thank you. I, lo- I love the story that we were finishing up on the uh, uh, first segment about your introduction to Wounded uh, Warrior Project uh, happened over underwear, and uh, it's amazing how uh, you know people just don't really think about women in the military, and and they sure don't think about us when when we're in in the recovery initially. Uh, I understand that Wounded Warrior Project really is a, a passion of yours, and and they've really done a lot of things to really reach out to to women that are serving and even women caregivers. Is that, has that been your experience? Absolutely, yeah. I think that, you know, overall Wounded Warrior Project's mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. And um, they do that by, uh, you know, raising awareness and enlisting public support um, on the needs of the severely injured, whether it's women or caregivers. Um, they, uh, they also help um, severely injured service members aid and assist each other, uh, which, which has really been very powerful, as we've learned. Um, we have a very strong uh, alumni network. And um, we also provide a lot of unique uh, programs and services uh, targeted at um, supporting the needs of, of severely injured service members. Wow. You know what? Uh, what what's sort of uh, interesting is uh, something that you shared as the uh, alumni of the program. What, what is it that you mean by that? Well, alumni is basically uh, really any any wounded warrior, and um, by that we we don't really we're not a member based organization, so we're we're not funded through dues. 
um, like a lot of organizations are. We're um, basically we're, we're funded through you know other charitable um, donations and things like that from the the public. Um, so really, you know, it, it's nice because it's, it's it's really a huge network of of other wounded warriors that you know that I can interact with or that you know interact with each other. And you know, when we when we find out about a new um, service member that's been wounded, you know, we're able to kind of reach out and, and tap into the network and um, and really uh, connect people that are really kind of going through or have been through very similar experiences. And we're finding a lot of success with that. And um, one of the things that we we have is we have a pretty uh, robust social network um, that we've launched and where we're really able to kind of connect with different people and make sure that warriors' needs are being taken care of. And, um, you know, doing that through the Internet is, is, is a lot easier. And, and we've, we're finding that a lot, of, a lot of the newer wounded warriors, you know, prefer um, using social media and things like that. So, um, so it's a very, I would say, kind of cutting-edge organization. Wow, you know, and and they're they're touching uh, men and they're and they're touching women in a lot of neat ways. And and uh, I noticed a lot of programs, and I couldn't really tell, uh, you know, if they were the alumni driven or they were driven from the the Marines you mentioned that started it. But there were things about uh, you know helping them deal with post traumatic stress syndrome and getting jobs and and just really trying to help people. I don't know, uh, just really be the most well-adjusted uh, set of, of warriors, I think, is what I saw on your website. And, and I was just really moved by that. What, what experience have you seen where that's kind of been put into play? You know, forget the PR stuff. What's the real stuff that you saw? Um, the, the, the real stuff as far as, you know, are, are you talking about just the alumni program or, or well, all of the programs? or any, any part of the Wounded Warrior Project, the alumni part as well as maybe track or Odyssey or, you know, some of those other things, you know, that, that are great programs, but then you actually were, were part of it and maybe experienced it. You know, tell us some of the real stories that were maybe part of uh, the success there, if you will. Sure. Well, I think one of the the, the big events that um, that we've started recently is, is our caregiver program, and really, um, their their caregiver summits. And um, a, a caregiver is really anyone could be a spouse, could be a parent, um, uh, who, who's caring for a severely injured uh, veteran or wounded warrior, and you know. Those those folks, you know, they go through something that that I can't even relate to, and you know, a lot of them really end up sacrificing just as much, if not more, than their warriors. You know, they give up their jobs, they stay home. You know, they're they're really at the bedside of these folks, and you know, some of them are dealing with uh, multiple amputations, burns, uh, traumatic brain injuries, uh, very very difficult situations. But you know, none none of these caregivers are willing to say, hey, yeah, put put my young marine in a home. Uh, and a, a, you know, a 20-year-old Marine, they're not going to send them there. They're going to they're going to take care of them themselves. But with that comes a tremendous burden. And so, one of the things WWP has put together is caregiver retreats. And basically, um, those are designed to um, empower caregivers by giving them the tools, resources um, that they need, allowing them to interact with each other, really relate to each other. I mean, it's it's a lot of it becomes very much a support group. Give them an opportunity to to get a break. From you know the, the the daily grind of caring for um, the wounded warrior, and so um, th- those we've seen a lot of success. And then really um, th- these groups, as as we brought them together, there was just so much that, that they had to say, and so much that they weren't they weren't getting the things that they needed. Um, that we started um, a, a really put a caregiver into our legisl- our legislative um, policy agenda, 
and started, you know, um, really uh, talking with some folks up on on Capitol Hill to to change some legislation um, and get caregivers the resources and the support they need through the VA. And so um, we, we were actually successful in that this year, and that's something that's an example of, of kind of how not only the programs that we're, we're doing, but how those programs really um, feed into advocacy, the advocacy work that we do. Wow. You know, I think that that's so important that, that your 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 organization is really touching on it in in so many different uh, ways. Uh, certainly the uh, the transition and the initial comfort thing, but then you know what happens later, and and what about the people that we don't see? That those caregivers, they're um, a hidden resource, and uh, and also they really do need our help. I think. Absolutely. You know, have you ever seen any of these uh, um, uh, things, uh, these big events that uh, I saw it on a poster one time? Uh, it was called about the Soldier Ride. I think uh, this was a poster about one that that uh, took place in New York. Uh, had you been to that one, or had you seen any of these Soldier Rides? I have. You know, and, and Soldier Ride is is one of my favorite events. You know, it's it's a lot of fun, um, and and it originally started with um, a couple. Uh, wounded warriors who wanted to to raise support and honor um, other injured service members, and so they uh, they put together uh, a ride across the country, and you know, and they did that, and they raised some money. But then, uh, what what we've done with it is then kind of break it up and do do shorter legs, and so we can hit more cities um, throughout the United States, and so. Um, really what, what Soldier Ride uh, does is it provides wounded warriors with the opportunity to kind of, you know, reclaim kind of their confidence and their strength through uh, bicycling. Hmm. And, um, you know, we also bring in other, other supporters that want to participate um, and, you know, do these rides. Like you mentioned, there was one in New York um, very recently that left from uh, Macy's, and they were actually a big sponsor and kind of kicked off the event, and they rode out to... Um, uh, they they rode out to the ocean, um, out in, uh, to the beach in the Hamptons, oh, and you know along the way, you know they have police escorts and they have people coming out and cheering them on, and it's just it's a really fun event whether you're cheering them on or whether you're riding. Um, it, it's just great to see you know these young men and women getting back out there and, and uh, showing their support for for you know other wounded warriors and, and really kind of. Um, raising awareness about Wounded Warrior Project and, you know, really Wounded Warriors and, and what our military is, is, is doing for the country. Wow. You know, that, that's, that's so important. And uh, we have a, a caller uh, on the line and, and uh, Technical Sergeant uh, Stacy Hines, uh, and, and she's about that too, and sort of passing that awareness out and that message and, and also being there to, to help those transition in, in whatever way. So, Stacy, are you, are you there? Yes, I am, JD. I'm here. Oh, wow! Thank you so much for um, for being part of the. You know, Stacy, I, I met Stacy, uh, you know, just a, a few weeks ago, and now uh, she's a friend on on Here Women Talk, and uh, she has a, a really interesting message about, uh, you know, uh, just that whole awareness of what women are doing and and what soldiers are doing. And uh, uh, we have to take a break in in a, in a few minutes, but I did just want to sort of acknowledge uh, that Technical Sergeant Hines is here, and uh, she's going to be part of the the next. Uh, 
phase of our show are really talking about that awareness and, and what it takes to, to raise uh, good airmen and, and also help the, our, our warriors get back into life. And, and Dawn hopefully will weigh in on that conversation of what she's seen since, uh, since she's been back too. And, of course, woohoo! Don't forget about Christina Shealy. She's uh, somebody that really helps us out uh, with Sense uh, for Soldiers up at Walter Reed. So it's going to be a great uh, next half hour, and I welcome everybody to come on back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Technologist Incorporated is an American engineering and management consulting company specializing in post-conflict and post-disaster reconstruction of roads, schools, hospitals, industrial development, and core infrastructure building like power supply, clean water, and communication. Our team of over 1,000 specialists are mobilized on more than 50 projects in remote environments globally and fully supported by technologist offices in Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Washington, D.C., and soon Haiti. Technologist Incorporated's record of excellence, providing assistance in some of the world's most difficult environments, is made possible by the brave men and women in our employ, many of whom served in our armed forces. We are proud to be an American company supporting our heroes in the service and encourage you to join us in our mission to be a positive post-conflict force. Technologist Incorporated, building strong foundations. We've been so fortunate to be joined in the first half of our, our show by uh, Captain Don Halfaker and uh, representative uh, board member of the Wounded Warrior Project. And uh, just toward the end of our last segment, uh, we introduced you to Technical Sergeant Stacy Hines. Uh, she is Honor Guard Airman at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in North Carolina. And uh, we're so happy to have her on uh, Hear Women Talk. And uh, it's a great show produced by Zeus Radio Network. Uh, Welcome back uh, to our show, uh, Stacy. Thanks a lot for taking time out of your schedule. I cleared my office out just for you. <laughs> you know, I do feel really special, and that, this is why I do this show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am truly humbled uh, to be in uh, the presence of so many uh, fabulous serving uh, people and, and women, and uh, I, I thank you for, for being here and also what you do. And uh, I was just so moved when I met you a few weeks ago, and, and you told me what your life was like when uh, you're not on vacation. <laughs> you you, you want to share a little bit uh, with our listeners? Our, our listeners a, a little bit about uh, what you do uh, as uh, as you lead the honor guard okay um, well first of all I've been in the, uh, the Air Force for um, a little over 10 years and I've been stationed here in North Carolina for the past six years um, I'm in charge of our, our base honor guard program where we go out and we perform uh, military honors for people that have previously served whether they've retired or just in a few years or whether they're actually still on active duty we go out and provide um, military honors for them at their at their funerals and uh, their services um, we also do Parades and football games and soccer games. We uh, present the um, the Air Force flag and the U.S. flag. Uh, we just do a whole bunch of military events and and uh, things of that sort. But our main mission is to uh, um, provide military honors for uh, deceased uh, military personnel. Wow. So you you get exposed to a lot of the positive and and also that that transition where, where things maybe didn't turn out quite as well as they did for for Dawn and and, and some of the other uh, servicemen at Walter Reed. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know that that really takes a lot of strength and it uh, it, it, it does. I've I've had to hold back tears on on many uh, many occasions. Uh, you just gotta 
have that military bearing and choke it back and no I mean the letters of appreciation uh, that we get from the family members uh, they that's where you can break down and cry right there in your office because they're so appreciative um, just to know that their uh, their loved one um, their their service was appreciated and that's what we you know hear all the time what I read all the time in the letters was thank you so much I know now what my father was talking about about the military and and things of that so that is it's very it's very heartwarming. Mm. Wow, and and we were talking in the the first part of the show about uh, women in the military and 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 how, you know, we we just don't really uh, think of them so much when we think of our warriors. We think of men, and and mm-hmm. and, and uh, you're you're in a position of leadership where where you see both men and women, and uh, you know, I, I like that sensitivity that you bring, and, and also that strength. It's it's a combination that I I don't think you see everywhere. You don't, and it, it's it's hard, but. Um, it's it's very hard at times, but you just you just have to do it, you know. Um, I'm in charge of I have about 44 people here, and sometimes I'm I'm the only female. But um, you know, all the men they they respect you, um, they respect your job, so it makes it a lot easier. Mm. Wow, and and you said you have about 40 40 some men that that report to you. Did you ever have any issues with the uh, being the fact that you were their boss, or does that not happen in the military? No, in, in the Air Force it doesn't happen. I can't speak for our, for all the branches, um, but we we pretty much treat each other, you know, as equals. Mm. Wow, so you have respect because of where you are, and you've earned mm-hmm. that place. Yep, and and the job that you do, and you know, to to me, it's really, you know, it's not just because I'm a female or, you know, a male. Um, it's more like the job that, you know, the job that we're doing. And, you know, we respect people and you respect the, the position that they're in. Mm. Wow. And, you know, I understand that, that you've certainly done a, a good job of that. Uh, you, you've won some great honors recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand you were Honor Guard Program Manager of the Year. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a fabulous accomplishment. Congratulations, first off. Thank you. I, I cried. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that it happened. But, you know, I tell, I tell my airmen all the time, you know, hard work and dedication and, you know, having integrity. And, you know, there are a lot of times when you have to put your, your job uh, before yourself. And that's where, you know, those types of awards come from because I'm always taking care of my airmen and helping them to be to be better and it's it's very selfless. You have to take yourself out of the picture and what what can I do to to help somebody else out? I, there's very there's times when I don't even need lunch because <laughs> um, taking care of other people and I'm starving and it's five o'clock and I'm like I haven't even ate today. Wow. Um, but it's just it's hard work and and dedication and you know. You see that a lot in the military because that's just that's just what we do. Mm. And yet you're you're a single mom, and uh, mm. so that you know I guess that there's a, must be a lot of single dads in the military too. But somehow you always think that they don't have to worry about the kids as much. And I don't know if that's true uh, or if it's just a, a perception that I think I, it's I think it's more of a perception because you just think of single parents, and this is in the world in general. You just think of the single parents as as a female, but in the military, most of our popu- most of the people in the military are male. So it's different because you're going to have more males 
as single parents than than females. Um, and like I, I had talked to you, you know, being a single parent, it is it is hard in the military. Um, you know, uh, last night I, I got off work late, went home, cooked dinner, cleaned, went to the grocery store, did laundry, did homework with my daughter, gave baths, and by that time it was 10 o'clock. So literally all day, you go, you go, you go. Um, but like I'd, I'm, I'm blessed to be a single parent in the military, um, especially like I told you, you know, about the economy, the way that it's in, and you know, I can provide for my child. I have a roof over her head. I I get a paycheck the first and the fifteenth. I mean, there is no place that I would rather be right now than than being in the military as a single parent. Wow. Uh, you know, it, it's just a, an amazing way that you've made it all all work, and and uh, you know, you're you're ordinary and yet you're extraordinary. Here you are leading all of these uh, these military men every day, and then you're going home and you're being just like a lot of us were, <laughs> and uh, you know, th- through hardship. And, and and I love how you look at it as a as a blessing and and as just something really positive. Oh, it, it, I mean, it definitely. I tell everybody, um, you know, that it really is because I know if I was back home in Ohio, that I would not have, I would not be. Able to provide the lifestyle that I'm able to provide for my child. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she's very well taken care of. And the Air Force, um, they're very, and I can only say Air Force because you can't speak for all the other branches, but they really take care take care of their, their members. And, you know, me as a single mom, they've, if my child's sick, you know, I can take her to the doctor appointments and, you know, just really, really take care of my child and that, and that, in all, pretty much all aspects. So I'm very, very blessed. <laughs> a lot of people think, oh, being a single parent in the military, you know, it, it's going to be hard. Well, yeah, it is hard, but you have to think, hmm, I'm, I'm able to, to provide for my child. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, I, th- I think there's there's so many challenges that, that that women face, you know, all the time. And I know that uh, Christina Shealy, she uh, uh, visits the uh, Walter Reed Hospital uh, as part of a an effort and a, a mission or outreach organization, uh, Sense for Soldiers. And Christina, I just got to ask you, uh, did did you see a lot of uh, a lot of female soldiers there, or even single moms? And you know, what, what did you see when you were in Walter Reed? You know, when you go up there, it's it's definitely life changing. It changes everything that. You you think of when you think of the military in itself and the women that are there that have gone through just the same that the men have gone through uh man you know we're as strong as they are (laughs) (laughs) you know and the neat thing is you know like she was just saying that you know they don't they don't seem to accept the title of hero whether they're a man or a woman Mm. because they do see it as just their job and um, yet, at the same time, she's saying she puts her job before herself, which means she's putting her country before herself. Mm. And that's uh, just, you know, it's amazing what what we as women can do. Well, you know, we we hear about that all all the time. Uh, you know, we've we've got a couple calls here uh, for some folks that we want to bring in, but we hear about people saying, you know, it's it's not about us. And and uh, you know talking about serving in the world and 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 serving you know from a faith standpoint and and the question is you know who who can uh, be totally selfless and certainly sounds right. like uh, our, our servicemen and women are uh, we've got two callers uh, on the line and I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts uh, we have uh, Chris first hey Chris I see are you there Chris hey, how are you oh I'm fabulous how are you doing I am I'm doing very good thank you oh good. So, uh, your, your calling, would you like to, uh, uh, share some thoughts with, uh, um, Christina or, uh, or Dawn or, or Stacy? 
Well, um, actually, uh, uh, Christina, um, I met Christina a few weeks ago. Um, uh, we both live here in Myrtle Beach. Mm. Um, and um, she, uh, I was actually introduced to her, and uh, and it because I had uh, had goals that I wanted to accomplish after the military, and I wanted to to bring soldiers to Myrtle Beach. Um, you know, to get them out of the hospital, mm. um, to get them here, to get them out of that environment. Wow. And uh, and I just had no idea how in the world I could ever accomplish a dream like that. Mm. And uh, she had already done it twice. Wow. And uh, I just wanted to be a part of that program. Uh, I'm I'm uh, uh, I am retired military army. I was retired last year. Mm. Uh, I'm a two-time Purple Heart recipient. Wow. I was a combat medic. I was a, and I was a first responder. Oh my gosh! And, uh, yeah, and she uh, she's made a huge difference in my life so far. She's such a wonderful woman. She she and, has uh, a heart of gold. There's there's no doubt about it. Gosh, so awesome. She does. I don't. I I I do not know what her motivation is for what mm. she does, but she's an angel. Wow. Oh, my motivation is people like you, Chris you know, that have, have done so much to be able to say, you know what, so I can turn around and look at my daughter and say, you know what, you can do whatever you want to do. Yep. That's and that is that is very true for me. Um, if, if you guys don't mind me jumping in, um, you know, people are like, why do you work so hard? Because I want to show my child who is seven that hard work and dedication does pay off. No, nothing's going to be handed to you in life, but only hard work and dedication and being a strong woman, that's what's going to get you there. And when you give, you get. Wow. Yep, exactly. Yep. Wow. That's so amazing, and, and uh, I'm so happy that, uh, uh, Stacy, you've taken that, that, that life example and, and showing it to your, your daughter. And, and Chris, I'm, I'm glad that, that you met Christina. I want to I want to hear more about, uh, uh, we're going to talk more about Christina's uh, efforts in the next segment. Uh, we have another caller on the phone, uh, Lewis, before we go to break. Uh, hey, Lewis, how are you? I'm great. Great. So, have you enjoyed uh, uh, talking a little bit and, and hearing uh, the story uh, of with uh, Christina and, and uh, uh, Dawn and, and Stacy? Well, you know, we, we're down here on the Waccamaw River just enjoying life, and mm. uh, we only got to hear the last lady speak. And uh, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you ladies and all of you men and women in the military. There's so many of us out there that appreciate you. And uh, the last caller, Chris, thank you for your service. Uh, really, he uh, he helped segue my question. My question really is, you know, how do people like myself and the thousands and hundreds of thousands of Americans that are really proud of their military want to help the military and want to get involved in different ways in which, for instance, uh, you're all talking about, you know, helping the wounded soldiers, the families of, of whether it be soldiers or people, that help the military how do people like myself that are retired get connected to for instance help a single mom with their 12 year old you know help mentor the kid um how how do i get connected with uh, wounded warriors that you know might want to go out fishing or golfing with me how's that all work is there's just not enough in the public eye the public eye unfortunately is too negative military but there's a million of us out there that love you guys 
Oh, thank you, Lewis. That's fabulous. Christina, what, what do you have to say? Uh, we're merely a phone call away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Google is a great tool because um, I know Wounded Warrior Project is on, on Google. Um, we are, you know, you can find us on Google by just Googling Sense for Soldiers. There's a ton of different um, organizations out there that are military focused uh, that are just amazing. Um, you know, Blue Star Moms do amazing things and mm. um, Operation Welcome Home does uh, make sure that, that every uh, warrior that comes home from overseas gets a better homecoming than they used to. Uh, so it's we're merely a phone call away and if you don't have Google, um, I can give you my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, of course, we al- we also, on, on Hear Women Talk, I know what I'm going to do is I'm going to post all the links that uh, Christina shared, and, and I, I thank you for your question, Lewis. And I know in the, the second, actually, last segment of our show, we're going to talk about ways that people can get involved in, um, across the board. And oh, that's great. Thanks, a lot. Thanks a lot for taking my call, and have a great day, ladies. Oh, thank wonderful. You. Thanks so much for calling, Lewis. All right, we're going to take a break on uh, the Jody Lynn Smith uh, special event show and uh, encourage you to come on back that last 15 minutes and hear how you can get involved and help our warriors. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Technologist Incorporated is an American engineering and management consulting company specializing in post-conflict and post-disaster reconstruction of roads, schools, hospitals, industrial development, and core infrastructure building like power supply, clean water, and communication. Our team of over 1,000 specialists are mobilized on more than 50 projects in remote environments globally and fully supported by technologist offices in Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Washington, D.C., and soon Haiti. Technologist Incorporated's record of excellence, providing assistance in some of the world's most difficult environments, is made possible by the brave men and women in our employ, many of whom served in our armed forces. We are proud to be an American company supporting our heroes in the service and encourage you to join us in our mission to be a positive post-conflict force. Technologist Incorporated, building strong foundations. Hi, I'm Annette Martin. My show, Annette Martin's Psychic World, is all about you. Call or use chat to talk with my intriguing guests or ask me an on-air psychic question. Every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, we will have an expert with words of wisdom to assist you with your life. So sit back, relax, and listen to Annette Martin's Psychic World on HearWomenTalk.com. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. We're produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. And we've been so privileged to uh, uh, be joined by Technical Sergeant Stacey Hines and Captain Halfaker and, and Christina Shealy uh, so for her soldiers. You know, these are, are people that are, are, are giving back in ways that, that we can only imagine. And, uh, you know, this last segment is going to uh, sort of talk about how ordinary people that are listening to this show can be part of some of the extraordinary things that, that they're doing. And we're so pleased that we had some nice callers uh, uh, share their appreciation. By the way, you can call in at uh, 646-652-2071 if you'd like to uh, talk one-on-one and on this meet-and-greet with these extraordinary women. And uh, uh, I know, uh, Sergeant Hines, uh, you're going to have to leave us soon, so I I just wanted to uh, sort of bring you in again and, and, uh, you know, just give you a chance to uh, express whatever thoughts you have uh, to our listeners and, and, uh, you know, to the women out there that want to know how, how can they be an example like you are to your daughter. 
Um, first off, I would just like to thank everybody that's listening. You know, um, we we're talking about showing support for the military. You know, just if you see somebody out in your local community and and uniform, just thank them. Thank them. You know, that's all. That's all we really care about is you know just somebody coming up and saying thank you. Um, that means more than than anything at times. Um, as for you know doing things, you know, you just have to. You have to find out what <clears throat> what is your drive in life and what is your motivation. And, you know, mine is, is my daughter and being a good role model and being able to provide and, and take care of her. Um, you know, that's what, that's what, you know, keeps me, keeps me going because I know that if I just keep working hard, one of these days she's going to look at me and she's going to be in my footsteps and she's going to say, okay, well, my mom did this, my mom did that. You know, um, it's just hard work. Some, I mean, I posted on Facebook last night. I don't know how I do it at times, but wow. you know what? You wake up the next morning and you start all over. Put wow. a smile on your face and you just, I mean, you just do it. I love, absolutely love being in the military and I keep telling them, I'm going to do 30 years and you're going to have to force me to retire. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have truly found your, your calling and, and uh, your gift and, and it's so great. You know, we all have a gift and some can be encouragers and some can be leaders and, and, and I think that uh, you're certainly both of those. And yeah. I, yep. I thank you for that, uh, Sergeant Hines. I really do. Well, thank you so much, Judy. And I, I really appreciate you having me on the show and anytime, just give me a call and I'd love to do it again. Oh, that would be fabulous. Hey, we're going to talk on here women talk to by the way anyone oh, who awesome. anyone who wants to uh, be friends with with uh, any of our, our guests today or me of course uh, certainly a lot feel free to log on at the uh, here women talk uh, com and, and uh, it's a, a social network but it's inspiring just for for women especially and and and, and the men that support us in, in all kinds of ways and uh, you know uh, I know that uh, captain Halfaker uh, probably has some thoughts about uh, Walter Reed and you know before the break we were talking a little bit about uh, with risk with Christina Sheely about her trip to Walter Reed. I'd love to get you guys talking together right now and, and just share a little bit about your experience. Was it possible that you were at Walter Reed at the same time that, that Captain Halfaker was there? Uh, I guess it's possible. The The reason why I went up there was because a friend of mine was shot in the head in uh, 2007. Mm. When was when was she up there? Don, when was yeah. I was uh, I was there a little a little bit before that. I was there in, in uh, late two thousand four and in two thousand five. So um, hmm. probably just missed each other. Just missed each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the sad part about it, of Walter Reed, is I'm, I'm sure even though that you missed each other, there was um, sadly somebody there that that was right behind you. But but maybe healing and and and, and being helped by uh, uh, good organizations that, that you both represent and, and follow through. Yeah. Uh, Christina, when was the last time you went to Walter Reed? Um, we went up in, uh, I believe it was, it was, uh, <laughs> when was it? Well, it I was <laughs> the end of, the end of June. <laughs> oh, so it was very recent. Yes. And, and uh, yeah. you know, I remember when, when I, I first heard about Sense for Soldiers, I, I read an article and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was about Thanksgiving and, uh, yeah. you know, pies and candles. And, and I was like, wow, you know, something uh, as, as <laughs> what we would normally think is simple, and unless, you know, you, unless I'm cooking it, it's never simple. Yeah, right. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't cook the pies. You did. <laughs> no, I bought them. <laughs> you bought them. <laughs> Tell everyone what you did, because that was such an amazing thing. It's so sad that you had to go there for that reason of, of yeah. your friend, but tell us what you did. It was yeah, a, my sorry. friend was shot in the head in Afghanistan, and... Um, I 
uh, I got the call. I, I happened to be at the local zoo. <laughs> mm. And um, as soon as we found out he was alive and he was mo- being moved over to Walter Reed, we decided, a couple of us decided to take a trip and visit him. Um, just in that trip, it's, you know, you see and talk to a lot of different people that are up there, see what they're going through. And you do realize, um, like she said, you, you know, these people show up there, they wake up and they go, well, where am I and where's my stuff? Wow. You know? So, you know, many of them were missing the simple things. And um, when I decided to go up on in Thanksgiving, during Thanksgiving, Nothing says Thanksgiving better to me than a, a, a pumpkin pie. So I decided mm. to take up a bunch of pumpkin pies. Mm. But my friend's jaw was wired shut, so he couldn't eat them. Oh. So I thought, how do you say Thanksgiving to him mm-hmm. or somebody like that that can't enjoy a pumpkin pie? So I started thinking of, okay, he can't taste it. Maybe he could smell it. Um, and so I went out and bought a bunch of candles. And uh, if when you offered a pie over a candle, you know, pick one. Yeah. A lot of them would choose the candle wow. first. You're kidding. No, and it was kind of interesting because they wanted the rooms to smell better, a little less stale, a little less like hospital. And, oh, and yeah. um, you know, you just don't realize what kind of a difference that makes in, in their mindset, you know, in their healing. Wow. So, um, you know, we take I would... I found out they couldn't light them because it's a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go and uh, um, I went and picked up uh, Glade plugins, mm. but their plugs are all upside down. Oh, <laughs> very good. Yeah, so those didn't work. Um, the oils wouldn't work, and mm. so uh, I did find Glade glass scents, and from then on it was just a thing of me taking up a bunch of, of scents and knocking on door-to-door saying, hey, I'm going to make your room smell good. Here you go. Thanks for your service, and <laughs> get well soon. And that's wow. just the way it started, you know. And somebody finally asked me, you know, have you cleared this through events? And I was <laughs> like, oh, um, yeah, I guess there's probably protocol mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, sure I did. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Look, it's all about forgiveness, not permission, That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> My yeah, God. I had a captain stop me in the hallway, and he was like, he, he says, um, are you the one doing this? And I said, um, yes, sir. <laughs> and he said, don't stop. Oh, wow. And uh, so that's when I knew it didn't matter if I got permission or not. It was it was something they needed. Wow. So. Don, did you ever experience a, an angel sort of walking through like uh, Christina, who, who wasn't actually paid to be there, just wanted to help? Yeah, definitely. And and it's funny, uh, you know, you mentioned the the hospital and the way it smells. That was that was one of the big things that drove me crazy. Was you know, just uh, everything felt very dirty, and and you know, you you really get sick of the smell, the anesthesia, all that. So I, I can imagine. I, I wish he was there when I was there, because uh, my room probably would have smelled a little <laughs> bit better. Um, I, yeah, I, I had a friend that brought me uh, some Bath and Body Works lotion, and and that went a long way because it was something that you know did smell good and um you know was a little bit feminine and and yeah. uh that was really nice but um but yeah there, i think that there there are some folks that you know take take their time and and uh find their way into the hospital you know whether it, it be permission um or not and w- which is great and they're um you know they're they're coming through and they're really uh w- wanting to find ways that they can help and uh one of the experiences i had was actually um uh, believe it or not, uh, Ozzy Osbourne and, and his wife Sharon, who are you know well known through <laughs> yeah, his music career and in uh, their TV show, um, actually came in with the USO 
uh, group and they, they came into my room and, and sat down for a few minutes and, you know, they were very nice and very polite and, and Ozzy's very funny. Um, but when they left, Sharon came over and gave me a hug. I said, wow, you know, you smell really good. What, you know, what kind of perfume is that? And, uh, she ended up, um, sending me a bottle of it as a, as a gift and wrote a little handwritten note, um, on it, which I just thought was very, very thoughtful and just oh, kind of yes. shows how people really look for, for small things, ways to, to make a big impact and really kind of lift someone's spirits. And so, um, you know, there, there are a lot of people that I think have had a lot of experiences like that, whether it's a celebrity or just, you know, it could be anybody. Um, I know that there, there are a lot of um, Vietnam veterans that, um, you know, took their time to come in and, and, you know, they're just, they're so passionate, a lot of them, in, in ensuring that our generation of, of wounded warriors and veterans don't have to go through what they went through. And so, you know, I really appreciated that every time, you know, another veteran came through. Um, and really was, you know, making sure that no one was giving us a hard time. So, wow. Yeah. You know what? I mean, there's so many ordinary people out there doing extraordinary things, and and I want to thank uh, you guys for being there. Can you believe? Uh, you got you guys, you girls, for being part <laughs> of this uh, conversation. Can you believe we're we're just about out of time? And and uh, wow. but I, I did want to just uh, briefly let you guys talk about, you know, what is your website? How can people find you? And how can they be involved and and be part of what you're doing? I, I know Dawn, you're you're out there volunteering in a lot of ways as well as running your own show there in D.C. as a military contractor. And uh, can you guys just tell us, you know, your website address and, and uh, let us know about that. Go ahead, Christina, you can be first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, you can uh, reach us with, at www.senseforsoldiers.org. We are also on Facebook um, and, and uh Gosh, you can Google us and find us in a lot of different places. But we are doing, we are in the running for um, the Pepsi Refresh Project grant um, for two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. We're going to see how many how many rooms we can make smell good. Oh, <laughs> um, how many oatmeal cookies we can bring up there and brighten somebody's day, you know? Um, and uh, we need votes for that. So if anybody wanted to go to www.pepsirefresh.com. You can uh, search for us under the $250,000 one um, grant and um, sign up and, and vote for us. Please, please All vote right. for us. Well, count, count me in that. You've got a friend that's going to vote for you for sure. And, and Dawn, what is the best website to uh, find out more about Wounded Warrior Project and also what you're doing with your company? Sure. Well, Wounded Warrior Project is at, uh, you know, www.woundedwarriorproject.org. And uh, there's a lot of great information on the website. In fact, there's a link um, called Get Involved, and that kind of lists out the different ways that you can get involved with the organization. Um, we're also on Facebook. Uh, Wounded Warrior Project is a, is a Facebook uh, group there. And um, we also have some other things on our website. You can get a, a, um, a credit card with the WWP logo on it. Um, you can shop for WWP apparel through our one of our partners, uh, Under Armour. Um, they, they make all of our gear now, um, all the gear that's going in the backpacks and things like that. Um, you can sign up for email updates and, and get on that list. So um, you, can, you can meet some of the warriors through the website. It, it's really cool. So please visit the website if you get a chance. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that information, Christina and, and, and Dawn. And, uh, you know, uh, we have to end our show now. This is the, the Jody Lynn Smith special event show produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Technologist Incorporated is an American engineering and management consulting company specializing in post-conflict and post-disaster reconstruction of roads, schools, hospitals, industrial development, and core infrastructure building like power supply, clean water, and communication. Our team of over 1,000 specialists are mobilized on more than 50 projects in remote environments globally and fully supported by technologist offices in Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Washington, D.C., and soon Haiti. Technologist Incorporated's record of excellence, providing assistance in some of the world's most difficult environments, is made possible by the brave men and women in our employ, many of whom served in our armed forces. We are proud to be an American company supporting our heroes in the service and encourage you to join us in our mission to be a positive post-conflict force. Technologist Incorporated, building strong foundations.